Good morning, beautiful people. It is the middle of the week. And uh, and I know people are whining because it's hot. (laughs) Get over it. So uh, it's just summer. The last little bit of summer. I know people are going crazy. Anyway, welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. Happy to be here this morning. Uh, It's hot. It's already, uh, well, it's only 77 degrees right now. I'm ready for the hot weather. I, I live for it. So, well, now that I'm old, I didn't live for it when I was young. When I was young, I liked the crispness, crisp, crispness of the fall and <sighs> in the, in the air chilling. Now my joints can't take it. Now my joints are like, you need the warmth of eternal sun. So, yeah. <laughs> so I I've done a complete 180. You know what I mean? I've done a complete. And I'm not alone. You know what I mean? So I am not alone. So anyway, that's where we are. I was trying to my guest today at uh 1015 is literacy volunteers of of Greater New Haven. I might be literacy volunteers of Greater New Haven. Uh, that's why I can't find them. Uh, you know, that might be why. No? I see Hartford. Anyway, I'm sure, I'm sure it's some ridiculous name, some kind of hybrid uh, that, uh, I can't seem to find. <sighs> if only these places would make things uh, simple. If it all could have been so simple then, but you'd rather make it hard. So anyway, I might be getting their name wrong. <laughs> I might be doing that. Uh, the debate was happening last night. I think I, Paul Bass was moderating. I think that's who I saw. I don't know why they don't have the technology where everybody can have a microphone and passing the mic around. That is so 1980. I don't know how the debate went because I didn't go and I didn't tune in. I just caught some of the highlight reels and and not much. But it looked like it looked like Liam did well. It was only two people on the stage, right? Because nobody else qualified to be on the stage, just for the primaries. The primaries are next week or the twelfth, and we are doing our the you know me Michelle Tur- Michelle Turner and I and our Makisha Ricks we're doing our usual election night shenanigans you know where we keep you posted on ward by ward and elections around the state kind of stuff. Uh, people really like it. Plus, we have a good time and we get to drink wine and eat pizza. Uh, so. I'm 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 excited. Uh, there's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Um, and it's looking like it's shaping up to be a halfway decent election. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, whatever. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh. So I don't know what the turnout last night was. 
I'm gonna go over to the uh Navy Independent and see if there's some language some story up there. You know what I mean? Like if somebody covered it, which I'm sure I mean politics, local politics is you know what they do. Coverage of local politics is what they do. Um and so uh I can't imagine that it wouldn't be something up by now. So I'm going to go and take a look and see what people are saying. And then, you know, see if anybody weighed in or whined in, whined in. <laughs> oh, babe, you're so unfair. Yep, I am. I am. I am unfair. I am. So it's Literacy Volunteers, Greater New Haven. Okay. I just, I just want to, I just want to make sure I have it right, because I'm, I'm going to put their, uh, I'm going to put them uh, in the, in the thing. And uh, I, you know what I did last night? I went to the store yesterday, and uh, I picked up a bunch of things that I've been meaning to pick up, because you know, I'm trying to work on my health better. So I picked up some uh, collagen peptide um, because collagen peptide strengthens your joints, uh, tones, firms your skin. And, and I, I don't have a firm skin problem overall, but as I'm losing weight, you know, when you're when you're as heavy as I am, uh, you lose some elasticity in your um, skin, particularly the places where you are carrying the most weight. So, uh, so in doing my research and talking to people and listening to people uh, all over the place about um, the way to help gain back some elasticity, not just uh, exercising, because that'll help, and lots of water, that'll help, but to add some collagen peptides um, to your to your routine. So I bought some yesterday. And so, you know, collagen peptides does a lot of things. Um, helps with your, your, your skin, of course, your hair, your nails. I don't have a problem with none of that, uh, but whatever. It's, it'll just be what it'll be. Uh, and, and it'll help you uh, relax muscles. Not, not like a muscle relaxant, but um, help you go to sleep, and then uh, and then I got some magnesium, the magnesium complex, which has all the three essential magnesiums that you need, uh, which will also put you to sleep. So I feel every bit of it. So I took it last night around eight thirty, almost nine o'clock, and uh, I. I I slept very well. I did wake up, you know, because I wake up in four or five hours. I wake up in three to four hour increments. I did wake up, uh, but it was fine. Uh, it was fine. So so I just need to, I think I'm going to try to take it a little earlier. And so I didn't take the full dose of the magnesium. Like it, it calls for you to take like three three tablets, three capsules. 
I just I'm just gonna take one for this for this week, and then I'll take two next week. I'll work my way up to three. That's how I'm gonna do this. I took one scoop of the collagen, and I put it in um, 100% organic tart cherry juice because cherry juice is good for you. It's good for your liver. It's good for your kidneys. Um, and it's another uh, agent for rest. I didn't know this. I learned this. So I mixed my collagen peptide with the 100% not from concentrate uh, tart cherry juice uh, with a little lemon water um, and lots of ice. And so I had that before bed. So I I I was heavily ready for rest. <laughs> and I, I don't I feel sleepy. I still feel sleepy. Uh, but I don't feel I'm not I don't feel tired. So I'm just gonna allow for that to, you know, this week I'm just gonna go easy with it. That's what I'm gonna do. And uh that's what's happening. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. So anyway, that's the way of the world. So I'll keep you posted on this. So my goal was to get up this morning and work out before the radio show, but I was sound asleep. <laughs> so that means I have to I just have to change, elevate my change my routine just a, a hair. Just a just a hair. And uh I could do that. I absolutely could do that. So uh so we'll do that. So I will keep you I will keep you posted on the progress. I've been putting it off, putting it off, not because I didn't want to do it. Um I just I don't know. I just finally went to Edge of the Woods yesterday. Did you know that Edge of the Woods has the largest vitamin shop in the state? And uh, and some of their workers are more knowledgeable than others, but they were all helpful. They were all helpful, so I got to. I was thinking about some B twelve for energy, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little more thinking about that. Um, it might be, I might need some manuka honey instead. We'll see. I'm gonna give this some thought. More thought. I'm I'm happy to uh to keep working on what I need, what vitamins I need to put in this body, you know, which is fine. Put some vitamins in this body. So so I'll keep you I'll keep you posted on the progress. So I'm down one more pound, which is fine. I'm very pleased with that. I, I don't need it to be fast. I've done fast in my life. Uh, I'm not going fast. I'm going to take my time with this and see what happens. So I'm in no rush. You know, time is of the element. Yes, it is, but I'm in no rush. So uh, so this journey, I'm just going to take my time and, and just, you know, stay focused. Do what I got to do. <laughs> And do all the things. So so let me tell you. So yesterday when I got home from running the streets, you know, doing all the stuff that I had to do, picking up my daughter, uh, I got home 
Because I tell you, my my favorite chair uh, that I had, it was my first piece of adult furniture that I bought. It was a whole living room set. You know, like a rattan set that you would see in a Florida room. Like this is furniture you would see in a Florida room. You know, Four Seasons porch, enclosed porch. So it was a rattan set. I had a couch. I had a a, a chair and an ottoman, a coffee table, and two end tables, and and two lamps, as a matter of fact. And over the years, you know, uh, they've gone to uh, uh, they've gone all over the place. And, uh, you know, they I moved and, you know, things just end and break down and whatever. Uh, so I only have one piece of furniture left after all these years. Now, I've had this stuff since late 80s, the late 80s. I mean, it went with me to my apartment on Bassett Street, which was my family's home. Uh, it went with me to... Uh, Um, it went with me to uh, the Taft when I lived at the Taft uh, and just various places over the years. And then, you know, for 10, it just breaks down. So this last piece uh, was a chair, ottoman, and a coffee table was left um, when I moved to Bellevue. So I, it was in my bedroom in Bellevue because I had a big bedroom in Bellevue. I had a whole sitting area, you know, so the ottoman, so the chair, the ottoman, the table, was was in the my primary bedroom. I don't think they say master bedroom anymore. Was in the primary bedroom. Uh, at uh, Bellevue, and uh, so when I moved here, uh, I, it just made sense to put it outside on the porch. So it's been outside for the last three years. Uh, but it, you know, it's worn. It's old, and you know, once it's outside in the elements. You know, spring, winter, summer, fall, like the elements. I mean, even though the porch has a, a roof and all that stuff, I mean, it's in the elements. And then, you know, copious amount of animals jumping on it from the neighborhood, you know. Um, so it, it finally broke. Like the back was already coming undone. And then the bottom finally fell out. Like it just finally fell out. So I was sad. I really was sad about that. So I started I started looking around on Facebook. I posted up on Facebook and I said, oh, my favorite chair. Uh, you know, I was sad about it. I really was sad about it. Because I love this chair. I love and it was a it was the last remnants of 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 the beginning of my adult life. So yesterday I get home and uh someone sent me, delivered, dropped off a new chair. A really, really nice chair. A really nice chair. Um, and so I posted that up on Facebook. And uh, and then I figured out uh, it was Susan Kalinard, who was kind and generous, ridiculously kind and ridiculously generous, who gifted me a new chair for the queen. Uh, and it was such a I mean, because I, I was so sad about my chair. <laughs> and I was in the process of looking for other chairs. And I saw some chairs that I like. And I was willing. I had a small budget that I was willing to pay X amount of dollars for a new chair. And uh, and I talked to a couple of people on Facebook Market. 
And although they they weren't exactly what I wanted, they were kind of close. I was like, well, I just need a chair and let me just not make a big deal out of it. And I get home yesterday and there's already a chair on the porch. And uh, and my daughter moved the other chair and threw out the cushions. Um, and that was such a nice treat. So thank you, Susan Clinard, for the lovely gift of a new... And this chair, I will tell you, uh, it's just, it fits the round booty because, you know, I'm portly. So it, it fits the booty nice and it's high. Like I'm sitting up, which I like, right? Because I'm tall. Um, and so I'm sitting up. So that was a really nice treat. Thank you, Susan Clenard. That's a very nice treat. I was very, I was very happy about that. I was very, very happy about that. Very, very happy. So, so it's on the porch. So I took some pictures of it because I was expecting it, uh, another friend to come over, but she didn't come over and I didn't know what happened to her. She said she texted, but I never got those texts. So I was texting her and all across all these social media sites. And she finally responded saying, oh, I text whatever and I'll catch up and we'll reschedule. It's just fine. I just didn't know what had happened to her, you know. Because I text her on her phone and I don't know. So anyway, we'll we'll figure it out. So um anyway, I took pictures of the chair. So I, I have a Shalom pillow and I have a Black Lives Matter pillow. So I put them in the chair so that they could be photographed. And it was really nice. It was really, really nice. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. So I might just put the black, I might put the pillows back out there. And just leave them out there and see what happens. You know, it was nice. I was, I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. I might put a throw on the side of the chair too, only because it would be nice to have a throw for the chair. Because uh, I got a lot of throws. So we'll see what happens. Um, so, yeah, so now I have a chair. Yay! have a new chair to sit in so i'll be out there sometime today depends because it's very hot today very 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 hot hot Yee. so anyway um so that's my chair story my goodness the goodness of my community story the goodness of my community story and uh The goodness of my community. I don't know what this is. Oh, I'm in the wrong thing. That's why. So anyway, so 1015. Oh, let me tell Harry. <laughs> Harry at 1015 Literacy Volunteers. Uh, they're coming on to talk about what they do. Oh, that's not what I want. And uh, I'm happy to have them. Thank you, Ife, for uh, connecting me. Because Ife is a literacy volunteer. And uh, which I think is such a wonderful and generous use of time to helping somebody read. And she, I think she has an elderly lady over at a tower in the towers, the east, tower east, west, whatever it is over there. Um, and uh, that's very nice. So they're coming on to hear about, uh, so I can hear about and talk about what they got coming on. They got upcoming events. They've got all kinds of stuff going on. And, uh, and that's a good idea. So 
So I'm very happy um, for that. So, and I'm never, I don't think I've ever had them on before. Um, I think maybe during um, the Great Give, maybe when we're doing like uh, radio, radio wide kind of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, they'll be on. And then tomorrow I have the AKAs coming on to talk about um, their event, their big, their big fundraising event, which will be, uh, which will be really, really nice. And, uh, and then, you know, Friday I'm over at, uh, I'm the MC for the International Festival of Arts and Ideas, the Rise Gala. I'm feeling like I want to be Beyonce-ish with some gold, with some silver because everybody's in a, um, everybody's in a Beyonce mode because of the concerts. Did you see Diana Ross sing happy birthday to Beyonce? That's like, that's, that is, I don't think we've ever seen that before. And Diana Ross looks, looks, and she's what, 80 years old? She looks amazing. I mean, the boss just looks amazing. And she came out there with all that hair and, oh, uh, I, you know, uh, I feel like I want that hair. I used to have that hair for a minute. I think I might want that hair back. Just for like a half hour, hour. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, I, I like a Diana Ross moment. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. So anyway, um, I'm in a Beyonce. Now I kind of wish I went to the Renaissance sh shows. So maybe if it's close by, I don't know where. I don't know where. I don't know where this concert is. Uh, but I hear if you wait to the last minute, you could get. You know, a cheap ticket where you'd be like up in the nosebleed. But, you know, they have those giant screens everywhere. So, you, I mean, I think the excitement is being in the space. Right. The excitement is being in the space. So, so anyway, I say all that to say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling Beyonce. I'm, I'm really feeling Beyonce right now, you know. I don't I, I I I'm not a concert lover like that anymore. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm an old lady and I'm always like, where's the bathroom? <laughs> so yes, yes. I'm one of those people now. I'm one of those people now. I'm one of those people. So oh, there's a nice Lisa Gray with the uh tribute to Ron Lawrence. I couldn't go. I bought a ticket. They'll do it next year. Uh, I couldn't go to the concert because I was in study mode. And I didn't want to break out of study mode. I Seriously, I did not want to break out of study mode. And uh, and I, I'm a huge fan of Ron Lawrence. Was a huge fan. Is a huge fan. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful. And, and, and let me tell you something. This summer when I was at music festivals, I, I felt it. I felt the loss of his presence. So I'm just saying, uh, I'm just saying. So that's all. Um, okay, so nothing is up yet about the debate. I don't know who's writing that. Uh, but we'll, we'll take a, we'll take a look-see. 
I don't see anything. I see uh, the Bigelow factory building. I don't even know where that is. It's on River Street. You know what happens? You don't pay attention to these buildings because they've been so dilapidated and sat for so long that you almost don't see them anymore. So my point of reference is like, where is that? But um, they're tearing it down. And, uh, you know, brick by brick. So they're tearing it apart. And uh, uh, the Bigelow Boiler Industry Complex. So I don't, I, there's a whole piece up underneath the independent. I don't know what they're going to do with that. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the the whole uh, site. So yeah, so there's news up on the Navy Independent. I guess um, someone was shot dead on uh, yesterday on Winthrop. Ooh. I'm not even going to go read the comments because, you know, people just be all kind of out their bag. You know, I, I'm let me let me just let me just tell people until you until one of these shootings are on Fountain Street in Westville. This is this is not going this is not a city problem in the sense that people are just randomly shooting people in the city. See, that's the part. This is the truth that people don't want to tell, because when you when you start talking about the violence in the city, then that means you have to start talking about particular neighborhoods that none of these damn people who run their mouths go in no way. So people are disingenuous when they talk about crime in the city, unless it's crime, you know, a, a adjacent to Yale's campus. But the crime that is happening in these in this city at the moment, um, and has always been happening, because unless there's a shooting on McKinley or Alden or any of those streets up that way, then you're disingenuous about crime in the city. You're not concerned about crime in the city because you're not get, you're not talking about where crime is and the root causes of crime. You're not doing that. You just beating your lips because it, you know, it gives you something to talk about. You know, you feel like, oh, the, the crime in this city is dangerous, it's dangerous. I'm sorry, dangerous to whom? Cause last I checked, uh I, I didn't see any. Is there any shootings on Upper Edgewood, Upper Chapel Street? You know what I'm talking about in Westville? You know, is there, is there, I'm sorry. It, now, Winthrop is in Beaver Hill, but it's on the other side of Gulf Terrace. I, I I, don't know if there's, has been any shootings of late on Colony Road, on Bellevue, on Ella Grasso, on the other side of Gulf Terrace. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think there's been any shootings on East Rock, in East Rock. Has there? I, I could be wrong. <laughs> so I want people, when they make these ridiculous comments about the level of crime in the city, that I want them to be committed to, to talking about where crime actually is happening and to whom it is happening to. See, that's the real conversation that these, these not even liberal, these insepid and mostly white folks 
who sit from on high in the safety of neighborhoods where they never have to see black and brown people unless they come into the city proper. And that's just people who live in parts of the city where they don't, they walk out there doing and never have to see people of color. If they walk around the block, they don't see people of color. If they walk a couple of blocks, they don't see people of color or kids or any of that kind of stuff. So I need people to get really honest and real about what the hell they are talking about in this city. Because if you're not part of the solution, you damn sure are the problem. So you can limit the crime in this city all you want. All y'all waxing poetic about how dangerous the city is, what can be done. But none of y'all are rolling up your sleeves and putting in the work. You're not contributing to nothing but lip service. But lip service. You know, so I, I'm tired of these people whining about crime in this city as if it is happening to them directly. And please, please spare me. You don't give a rat's ass about black and brown and others in this city that this crime is happening to. Stop it. Find something else to talk about. You know, whine about tree stumps overgrowing your neighborhood. That's that's more in line to what you was happening in your, your part of the hood anyway. You know, whine about people running the stop signs. Because this shooting stuff is more than you're willing to take on. That's all I'm going to say about it. I, I look at these comments up at the Independent. I was like, all these people don't know a damn thing what the hell they're talking about. They're just running their mouths. They're just running off at the mouth. They don't give a damn about the root causes of what is happening. And this is this kind of violence is not unique to New Haven. Although what is unique to New Haven is all the intellectual capital we have and all the resources that we have to combat this if we had a concerted effort. And a concerted effort needs leadership. And when you have leadership that can dispatch talented folks to deal with these kinds of matters, then you might have a safer city. Because we know what the problems are. It's not like we don't, there's enough studies, God knows, there's enough studies in this city about crime and crime violence, harm reduction, specific harm reduction to people, gender, neighborhoods. We have enough, enough of that. Ain't nobody shooting gardeners. There's community gardeners all over this place. Ain't not nobody shooting them. They over here all the time. Growing gardens all over Newhallville. Ain't not nobody getting shot. No gardeners are getting shot. These young people and yet these people that are in the drug trade are getting shot. They got beef with each other. You know it, I know it. Those of us who came up from streets, streets adjacent, relatives in the streets, all that stuff, we know what this is. They not in Westville arbitrarily driving by and shooting at people's houses. That's not what's happening. Westville is safe. You can still walk around your neck. Occasionally you might get a kid that, who thinks, you know, they see, they don't know nothing about the Jewish faith. So they see Jewish people walking to synagogue and they think, oh, this is a good, a likely, you know, victim. Well, they don't carry any money. You learn that. Word gets around. 
Jewish people don't got no money. They walk in the synagogue. They don't got nothing. <laughs> they don't take up a collection plate in the synagogue. That ain't happening. <laughs> so you so you, so you learn that. That's why you don't see a whole bunch of crimes committed against uh Jewish people. They're not getting mugged. Every now and again you get you you somebody will get assaulted. You know, they'll get mugged. Somebody will run up on them thinking, oh, they got some money. Because they're out here walking in all, you know, whenever whenever they go to synagogue. And that's just that's just a cultural competency that these little kids don't have. You know, the ones who are doing the mugging and the assaulting. That's just a cultural competency that they don't have. <laughs> because once you get a cultural competency, competency about folks in the neighborhood, then you realize, oh, I'm not going to rob them. They don't got no money. <laughs> the idea of robbing somebody is to rob them for immediate whatever they got in their pockets. Uh, and so if you see Jewish people in a particular neighborhood walking to synagogue, you know, particularly men, they don't got no money on them. They got in them heavy ass wool suits. <laughs> Nobody wants those. <laughs> so, you know, when's the last time you heard of somebody, a Jewish person getting, you know, knocked upside the head and trying to be robbed for something? Not 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 lately, because it's the cultural competency that is learned. You know, they learn. You learn. Okay, I'm not going to mug them because they don't got no money on them. You know, these the women are not wearing nice. I mean, they're just not out here doing. I mean, they just, you know. So, so, so I, I want people. If you if you're really concerned about crime in this city, then you would really roll up your sleeves and get in the mix or write a check. I don't mind people writing checks, but don't write checks and then beat your lips. Write a check, shut up, and write more checks. That's that's how you can help this. And please don't tell me money don't solve nothing. Money solves a whole hell of a lot of things. Don't ask me, ask Bill Gates, ask Elon, ask the five people that own all the wealth in this world. Money solves a lot of problems. At the least, money could get people in the room to solve problems. You know. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one more time. If you truly care about what is happening in this city in terms of violence, then you would roll up your sleeves and step into the arena. Otherwise, shut up because your opinion is not helping and your opinion all it does is try to further the an untrue narrative about safety in the city uh, i'm not in the drug game so i don't concern myself with being shot at i don't i'm not even afraid that i might be in a by uh, innocent bystander because I ain't standing by nowhere where I'm going to get shot at. And I live in New Hallville now. I sit on my porch. So I need people, if you really want to be helpful, volunteer. The Police Athletic League, they could use volunteers. Harris Tucker, she could use some volunteers. 
leap, they could use some volunteers. You want to come over here? The New Hallville Development Corp, they just got a grant, a $9,000 grant, so they could do something in their community. You want to help? Bring your intellectual capital ass here and help. Do some good. Do your part. Don't be like whining. I hate these people that whine. And I said, hey, whine about the city, but live in the city. Or don't live in the city, but want to talk about the city. Let me tell you something. You want some good-ass pizza, where you going? Ain't no good-ass pizza in Brantford, North Haven. North Haven, shut up. There's no good pizza in the... Who is going to North Haven to get pizza? Who? Who is going to Brantford, Guilford, any of those places to get pizza? When you want good-ass pizza, where you going? When you want a good-ass burger, where you going? You want some world-class cuisine, where you going? You want a nightlife, where you going? Is there theater in North Haven? Who's going to theater in North Haven? Nobody. You want world-class Broadway shows, you come to the Schubert. You want to see regional theater at its finest, you come to Long Wharf Theater. You want to be Black immersed, you come to Collective Consciousness Theater. You want to see up-and-coming stars that are going to go to Broadway, going to go to Hollywood, then you go to the Yale's drama, Yale rep, right? That's what you do. I just laid it out for you. You're not going to North Haven or Guilford or any of these places to see a damn thing. You coming into New Haven for arts and culture. You want to see world-class art. You coming into New Haven. That's what you're doing. You coming into New Haven. You want you want the International Festival of Arts and Ideas. You're going to bring your ass down to the green. You want a, a, a lit festival, a black-ass lit festival. You coming into New Haven to the Elm City Lit Festival. You want to see Afrofuturism, then you coming into New Haven, and you going over there to the Lab of Concord, and you're going to walk into the sixth dimension. That's what you're going to do. You're not doing that anywhere else. Let's be real about this. Now, yes, there are some things you would go to Guilford for and Madison for. There are some things, but that's not all the things because we got some harbor restaurants too. What is prettier than uh, Shell and Bones, right? Or or El Gabianos, right? There's plenty, I mean, we you, you could do it. You could do it. So... Stop trying to make this city feel like, you know, it's Newark 1980 (laughs) or Bridgeport right now. (laughs) It's not. New Haven is doing its very best. And in spite of the social ills that go on, that, that don't go fully, 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 fully addressed, it is still a thriving place where people want to be. That there's still a pulse here. That there is still a, a, a commitment to, to, to living better and to carving out a life that gives you a sense of urban dynamic and small town sensibilities because we know our neighbors, right? We know our neighbors. So when I host people on the porch from all over the city, from people from all over the city come over here, not once do I I get anything from the people who come on white, black, otherwise, 
could come over here and be like, are worried. Nobody's worried. They come over here, they park, they park further down Ivy, they park further up Ivy, they walk in, they walk down, they're not sweating nothing, they come. Mike Moran bringing Africans over here. I, sometimes my porch feels like the United Nations the way Mike Moran bring these African students over here. And then they always bringing me African food, like I'm gonna cook any of that. Not against it, just like not doing it. I don't I don't have cooked nothing. So anyway, so we we've gotta I, I I just don't like when people, oh, the gloom and doom is so dangerous. I, I just wanna say dangerous to who? Who? Because I know who it's dangerous for. You tell me who you think is dangerous for. And let's compare some notes. Cause the last the last shootings ain't been affluent white folks, affluent kids. Ain't been none of them. Not not near one. So help me understand. Help me understand what's happening. You know. Now there have been some some rapes in two places. Um and, and we have to tell folks, and we still have to tell folks, you know, as nice as the city is, and it's nice. Lock your damn doors and windows. And I'm not trying to put that on a victim because you should be able to live someplace where you don't have to do all that. But here we are, 2023, we have to lock stuff up. Why don't we just do? You know, just like hospitals got to lock up medicine, you got to lock your doors because there's always an element that is out to do no good. That That's it. That's just what it is, right? Desperate people do desperate things. So I'm just putting it out there. So I'm always going to push back on this narrative of, of violence. And there's a lot of people out here working on it. Lots of people, lots of community people. So don't, so I see, this is what I mean. When these people get up on the New England Independent Society and try to, you know, wind their way into some kind of, you know, uh, disposition about the state of this city's violence. You know, these are the people who don't do a damn thing. They don't go to nothing. They just hide behind their little fake names and 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 do nothing. Ooh, it's dangerous. Dangerous for whom and where? Is it dangerous in your neighborhood? If it's dangerous in your neighborhood, it's because you, my friend, are doing some stuff that you shouldn't be doing. You're doing something you shouldn't be doing. That's all I'm going to say. Let's, let's, let's say that, you know, let's keep it real. I was like, who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? <laughs> who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? So it's not the criminals, it's you. <laughs> it's the criminals. Yes, we have people who commit crimes all the time. High and low. High and low. There's people committing crimes left and right all the time. All all the time. Listen, we have whole shows that glorify criminal activity. Just, just we favor white we favor white collar crimes over hardcore stick you stick them up crimes. You know, we we kind of admire white collar criminals. We kind of admire them, except for you know, uh, uh, the, the cat who, the Ponzi, the Ponzi scheme cat. We didn't admire that, you know, but, but we, but we admired Martha Stewart. I mean, she was dead ass wrong, but she didn't do nothing that other people don't do, but she got caught for it. 
you know. And and then we cheered her on when she, you know, did her time without all. She didn't do no whining, nothing. She didn't carry on. She didn't cry. She went in there, decorated her cell, got the hell out, and resumed her life. That's a level of privilege majority of us don't have. You know, okay. I I I went in, served my time, came out. Uh, I didn't step back into a life. Uh, I I I ex- self exiled for a couple of years, and then I stepped. Then I, you know, pulled pulled a life together, and 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 now here I sit. Uh, fine, you know, be- better than people who come out. Um, and that is a level of privilege that I get to enjoy. But the, I'm not the listen. I'm the exception. I'm the exception. I'm just the exception. You know, so you know there there are things that we that we will tolerate, things that we won't tolerate. Donald Trump got ninety one ninety one indictments, charges. I, he could go get a job anywhere. We we would not afford that level uh, of consideration to some young brother or sister coming out. Uh, who got who got jammed up in the system? We we wouldn't afford brothers and sisters on the ground that level of uh, 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 criminal background. We just wouldn't. Even if it hasn't come to trial, nobody would nobody would take a chance on a kid with two indictments or some criminal background. You know, we just wouldn't do it. So so the, so there's different rules for different people. And and we we need to own that and then let's work from that instead of spending a whole lot of time trying to refute the truth that is in front of us. The truth is always in front of us. But we just I I don't know, we just, you know, pissing in the wind. <laughs> the truth is in front of us all the time and we just be like, no, 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 no. Nope, I'm just not going to deal with that. You know, I tell people all the time, uh, uh, you, you want to cure poverty? There's all kinds of ways. First of all, you have to cure poverty with money. That's that's number one. Cure it with some money. Put some money in people's pockets so that they so that they're not so that so that the gap between what they have and what they what they got to pay, there there's we could fill in that gap because that's really what people want. That's why people take second jobs because the gap from what they bring home and and what they owe it there's that gap right there and so you take another job so you could fill that in what if we could just fill that in no questions asked no questions asked fill that in so that people can sort of move about the about their community with a sense of i'm not i'm not up under it so that way people could spend time in more more time in their community gardens more time working with you know, groups of children around Girl Scouts or whatever the hell it is that you know we want to do in in, in community, right? So that that money, and then and then places where people can do the things that community ought to be doing. Every every neighborhood should have a community center run by the community, and 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 align for all kinds of cool stuff to be housed there. You know, it should have a community center that is an art gallery, that is a demo, a demonstration kitchen, that is a performance space, that is a a a, a recording studio, 
that is a, a exercise facility, that is a meeting space, like all, all, like just all of that. Every neighborhood should just have one. And it doesn't have to be like an arena. It could be small, according to the community. Uh, and, and then guess what happens when you put a community space, then churches was like, you know what, well, we can open up our space to, 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 you know, cause we can, we can invite churches to sort of, you know, uh, a, a join in and opening up spaces. And then, and then we could get schools to open up spaces so that now you've got a trifecta of spaces where kids can go back and forth in and out, all that kind of stuff. That's what needs to happen. You know, that's a very Black Panther mindset, I know. It might be, it might have his roots in socialism. Oh! <laughs> yes! Babs is talking socialism! Burn her at the stake, damn it! <laughs> I knew there was something about that girl. Ah, the world, we have enough in the world to do all the good. And that's how we have to shift our thinking. There's enough in the world so that no one is suffering. No one. There's enough in the world where no one should be without food, shelter, clothing, and uh, ex uh, education. We We can do that. All over the world, we could do that. In every part of the world, we could do it. We just have to have the will to do it. We have to collectively uh, do it and, and be willing to give up being dictators and uh, oppressive. We have to be willing to put down the tools of white supremacy. Uh, we have to be willing to do all of that. That's the dream for me. That's always the dream. So, you know, I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I got the folks from Literacy Volunteers coming on. So they're going to come and talk about all the programs that they got going on. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't talked, I haven't, I haven't talked to them in, I don't think I've ever talked to them on the show. Uh, so this would be great because I, I so admire uh, the idea of Literacy Volunteers to help people read. You know, it just feels like abolition work to me. So... So I'll be back at 10.15. Y'all tune in. Hi, this is Bath Girl Vibe from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM. Streaming live at
morning. Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rawls Ivy. I'm delighted this morning because I got the literacy volunteers of Greater New Haven on. Hey y'all. Hey Lou Perno and Sarah Elenia. How are y'all? Unmute yourselves. Okay, here we go. How's everything? Great. How you doing, Babs? Listen, it's summer. I'm I'm still happy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. This is my favorite time. It is. It is. And and we got a little heat wave going on. I'm not yeah. even mad about it. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> so so what's going on in Literacy Volunteers? How old is Literacy Volunteers? 48 years old. Really? Yep. Wow. Start, started in 1975 in different areas of New Haven. We were down at Long Wharf. We were at New Haven Adult Ed at one time. And we got here where we are at Science Park uh, probably about 12 years ago. Oh, really? And uh, we were one building and then we moved into this building, Building 5. And Science Park Association has been wonderful in supporting us. There's, there's two other organizations under our roof. There's New Haven Reads. And there's also Center for Adaptive Learning, CFAL, a computer program for parents and uh, youth. Oh, so, I like uh, that. We share space and resources at the same time. So uh, that's the name of the game today. But nonprofits sharing resources and uh, so we can uh, handle our limited budgets and, and things of that nature. So so what is the mission of Literacy Volunteers? What is the mission? Sarah? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, sure. I would say I would say the mission is to support adult uh, learners um, and partner with organizations in the community to once again support those adult learners. Yeah, we're we're all about partnerships. Um, we couldn't do what we have without partners, developing partners with adult learners, with tutors. Um, with uh, agencies in the community um, where they provide free sites for our tutoring to go on. We're decentralized. Um, so all of our, most of our tutoring goes on in the community where students live and work. We want to make it as accessible to students who need to learn how to read, need help with math, speak to speak English, and also workforce development. So we're at libraries, throughout New Haven, all of the libraries in New Haven, at some point during the time, during the day, our tutoring is going on, community centers, in churches. We work with IRIS. Um, we work with the, the all of the whole New Haven public library, just public schools. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're out there in the community and um, we feel that working with a lot of partners, our, our slogan, so to speak, is partners in literacy. I love it. So how many volunteers do you have and, and how often do you recruit them? Uh, recruitment goes on all the time. Um, it's very easy. Tutors can go. Anyone interested in volunteering as a tutor goes online, fills out an application and we get it. And our program director, Erica Hoffman, contacts them. It, it's weekly. I mean, every week we're getting applications in. Um, I think we're getting ready for a training next week for new tutors, I think we have 15 to 20 wow. tutors that are interested. Hopefully they'll all show up. Um, <laughs> right, right, Sarah? Yeah. Yes. We're always looking for more as well. Um, students keep picking up. So we really are in need of, of more tutors as well. 
So, so, so give me a sense of the people who, who need your services, who come to literacy volunteers. Because my good friend, um, Ife Gardine, is a, a, a literacy volunteer. And she's always talking about how much she enjoys it, right? We um, work closely with Ife. She was on our board for several years. And um, actually, we're going to be part of her uh, Lit Fest coming up. Yay! Uh, and she's uh, Sarah has worked with her at a number of other uh, venues where we've had our literature out about our program and Ife has had her literature out. We've shared a table. And so, yeah, we work very closely with Ife. Um, but Sarah, yeah, tell, I mean, you work with the students and yeah. Sarah is one of our program managers for New Haven. Um, she's our basic literacy program manager who basically deals with um, students who need to learn to read or math. Sarah? Yeah. Yes, I would say, um, it really varies who who shows up and who needs help. Um, sometimes it's folks who are much older and and maybe didn't have um, the education that they wanted when they were growing up, and are seeking their GED later in life, or or just want to be able to read a book on their own later in life, read their medical bills, um, their mail, text messages, whatever it is. Um, and then also, what's been picking up a lot lately has been younger folks as well. Um, 18 to 24 who either want to pass a certain test or need additional help in math. Um, I didn't know, I wasn't aware of the math component. Yeah, yeah, so so that's kind of something we're really trying to push for because um, we know that a lot of people need help with that. And um, we also include um, career prep and um, yeah, just anything and like driver's ed, you know, like reading the driving the driving manuals or prepping somebody for that portion of, of driving as well. A lot of little things. And um, so I there's to... nothing that there's nothing that literacy doesn't literacy doesn't touch right yeah. in your everyday practical life. Absolutely, yeah. Because reading is everything ultimately. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many aspects that we can help people with. Yeah. Our student okay. population is from actually eighteen. They have to be 17 years old and out of high school. Okay. And then, and then it goes up to, I think we have, I think we have some students or adults that are probably in their seventies and eighties. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a pastor of a church who came to us, was worked with us for several years. His congregation never knew that he did not know how to read. Wow. But he was working with us. And at the end of the year, each year we do a celebration and the year that he finished, his whole congregation came to our celebration. I'm getting the chills just thinking about it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's our impact. It's pe all people from all walks of life who need to learn how to read and know the importance of that and how that makes an impact on their lives in so many, many ways. Oh, I love it. So uh, so that, that means excite, excitement at the end. But I would imagine Lou and Sarah that people feel a little bit of shame not being able to read in this day and age. That's an absolutely great point, Babs. And that's our challenge with our basic literacy program. Individuals who learn need to learn how to English, uh, learn how to speak English, they come to us pretty easily. You know, they don't speak English. They we we could help them learn. So they and they come from, I mean, this past year, 57 different countries. That and our numbers in that area are always high. The area we're, that we've been working on is our basic literacy. Those are the 
very low income individuals living in the are in the neighborhoods around us who yes it's it's shame they have there's they're ashamed to say they're going for tutoring at a literacy center and so we're trying to break down that in a lot of different ways you know and we have individuals that are working that are working with us that are students and we're asking them to bring a friend with them to see that you know it's not embarrassing to come here um but when they hear the word literacy people think of illiteracy mm -hmm. or literacy and mm -hmm. we're trying to change that actually we're working right now with my marketing team to look at changing the name of the basic literacy program to something you know that doesn't sound so shameful but you're right that is indeed our biggest challenge um is getting the people from our local communities who need to learn how to read because it will impact their lives significantly. And we've seen it, mm. we get jobs. We had an individual, she went on, she came here, didn't know how to speak English uh, or she spoke English, but she her reading skills were, were very low. She was here with two years. She went from us to get her GED at New Haven Adult Ed. She went to Gateway Community College and got a certification in criminology and then eventually got a full scholarship at Penn State. Wow. Yeah, she she she's our poster, our poster child, so to speak. Um, we've used her in a lot of our marketing uh, venues that we, we use to make people aware of our program. But yeah, there's many, many success. We had an individual several years ago. He invented, invented something, some kind of a coffee pot. I mean, he was lived right around here, right around Science Park. And yeah, imagine it's it's unbelievable. Um, the individuals that do come to us because they they want to learn how to read and they mm. want to learn how math is an important thing right now to get a job, and we're working closely with the American Job Centers that we get bring them have tutors go to the their centers and work with individuals who have poor math skills and so they can't pass the uh, training entrance exam or a work exam because their math skills are so low. We have tutors working right at the job center doing that, helping them. And they once they work with us, they go on, they pass their exams. Many of them, we had one young lady, she got a job at um, Yale New Haven Hospital as a result of that. Oh, so, yeah. so talk, talk to me about your English Eng, English as a second language or... Like how how do you work with those folks and and how do you recruit tutors for that? Um, that's a good question and what's interesting. I've been here only six years. Uh, my background is actually social work, and when I came on, I said to the staff, "Well, so our tutors that are work going to be teaching English? They need to speak that language." They said, "No, you do not have to speak the language of the individuals that are coming here." to to learn how to speak English. Um, well, I did not know that, Lou. Yeah, we we have a we work with a curriculum where where we get funding from the State Department of Ed. So, we use their curriculums to and software. We have a program called Burlington English Software. It's specifically geared toward individuals that don't know how to speak English. Um but yeah, it's it it's actually Sarah, would you think we get more tutors for the ESOL than we get for basic literacy? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, we have a waiting list. Yeah. We have a waiting list at, in our ESOL program. We need some tutors. We don't have enough tutors 
uh, because there's more students coming in than our than tutors in that area. So there's a yes, there is a challenge. There are many individuals who say, "Yeah, I don't speak that language. I can't teach. I'm not going to be able to teach someone English." So they don't come and register. So we're trying to you know change that. We and we uh, we know that it, we have we've had many many hundreds of tutors that teach individuals English and they don't speak that language. But it's mm. the curriculum that we use, and and actually we rather not be speaking their English their language because they'll get used to that. We want them to, you know, we use all kinds of strategies and curriculum to help them learn English and speak it to one another. So so tell me about the broader literacy universe because I see there's there's greater literacy of New York and greater literacy of Hartford and greater literacy of. Illinois and and are y'all connected? Do y'all gather? Do you talk to one another? Are you seeing similar things? Are you learning from each other? Yeah, you know, Sarah I'm, goes to, to or meetings with other program managers from other literacy volunteer centers. I would say in Connecticut, we're we're connected to the Connecticut um, literacy volunteers, not outside of Connecticut. Right, and we do we do learn from one another, and a lot of us are are going through similar similar stuff. So, Elena, yeah, well, what brings, I mean, Sarah, what brings you uh, to Literacy Volunteers? Because, you know, what's your story about this? Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I was working in the public school system for a while, working with kids. Um, always loved writing, always loved reading. And um, I found the public school system to be um, not suited for me. Um, and I and I believed that <laughs> I believed that working with adults was something I preferred because when I was in college, I went to Albertus. Um, yeah. I was I was tutoring adults while I was a student, so tutoring uh, undergrad and graduate students in writing. And you know, when I was looking for a new job about a year ago, I remembered how much I loved tutoring, and and I saw this position on the career. Um, it was on the Arts Council uh, website. Yay. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and um, and I said, you know, why not give it a try and see? It turned out to be a great fit, and and the wonderful part about it is that my my boss Lou is very open to me trying new things and 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 trying to improve the program overall, which I really appreciate because uh, gives me more more free range to to help people as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do y'all still do Scrabble fundraiser night, whatever? What is, tell me about that. It's our Scrabble challenge. Yes. Our next one coming up is in February. You know, we we get a venue, a hotel banquet facility or something like that. And we um, charge groups of four can, as a team, can come in and register. And we get sponsors. We have a raffle. And they come that night. And while they're playing Scrabble, they're really, they're literally playing the game Scrabble. And we're keeping track of scores. Um, we provide food. We provide b- drinks, beers, and wine, and so. Oh, this water. is a good one. <laughs> and yes, it's a fun, fun night. Um, you know, they have an opportunity to uh, bid on raffle prizes. Um, we get food either donated or we purchase food. Uh, so they have. It's usually in the five thirty to around eight o'clock. It's at, at dinner time, so we're providing them with the dinner, and. They have they're with their friends playing Scrabble all night long. At the end of the night, the team, the winning team that gets the highest Scrabble score, we give them a prize. Um, 
but we have our students speak that night talking about how they we've impacted them. Some of our sponsors are there. Um, but it's a fun, yeah, when I came on board, Babs, six years ago, I, I worked at a center. Our events were like, you know, golf tournaments, celebrity breakfast. And then I hear Scrabble Challenge is a fundraiser. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And there's there's some diehard Scrabble Challenge people, you know. If you there's something wrong, they're going to call me and say, what's going on here, you know. But that's that's our Scrabble Challenge. We we do, we use we used to do one in the Merritt and Wallingford area because we service that area, and then we used to do one in the New Haven area for our Valley program in New Haven. Now we do one big one, and that wow. will be end of February. Um, but I'm not sure the venue is yet, but it it will go on, and uh, it's a fun fun night, right, Sarah? Yes, it is. It is. We have a lot of really fun events. Actually. Yeah, talk. Tell me, sir. What else? What What else y'all got cooking? Yeah, we've got um, so uh, we've got these things called books and brews, which are sort of like mini friend raisers. We call them, um, where uh, we sell uh, secondhand books at a brewery or a bar, or a restaurant, and we work with the restaurant or the brewery and get discounted prices for food and drinks. And, you know, the books are, we sell them for really cheap. And that money just goes towards, you know, buying more curriculum for students and then just supporting our students as much as we can. So when's the next one? When, when are you doing that? Is, is there a calendar for that? Yeah, there's, um, the next one's coming up in October. It's for their New Haven program. We don't have a date yet. I think the 15th was set, but I think it's not set in stone. And well, we're looking for a restaurant bar establishment. Last year we had it at... Um, Beers Barbecue mm -hmm. near the district. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had it That's there. a good we, space, good space. There, yeah, it was a great space. Actually, we, we had it in the spring, so we were outdoors um, with that one. But we're looking for an establishment right now, and our next one will be in October, and it's usually uh, 5.30 to 8, a fun night. You know, you come in, you could buy a book. If you buy a book, you get a wristband, when you go to the bar, buy, you can get a drink or buy some food. You get ten percent off what you what uh, your bill is. So, oh, I like that. It's a win win situation for anybody. So, but it's yeah, with the staff, all the staff are there, board members. It's fun. It's a fun night, and we do so, that. We do that three or four times a year. Okay. Sometimes in Meriden and Wallingford, in the Valley. And a, lot, a number in New Haven. We do a lot more in New Haven. New, New Haven's is our biggest program. We, our Greater New Haven Literacy Program, which is ESOL and Basic Literacy, we service the most. We service probably a good four, three to 400 students. Wow. Uh, That's a our, lot. Our, our Meriden and Wallingford and our Valley are much smaller. But, new, well, you know, new, Greater New Haven is a big area. Um, yeah. You know, we, we just learned. Uh, we had an intern this summer from Yale, uh, Yale President's Fellow intern. And he did some research. He found that in, in Connecticut, there's something like 600,000 people who are struggling to read. And that's amazing, you know. And, and that's what, what, when I came on board, what attracted me to literacy volunteers is the impact that we make on in, in, in many significant lives in, in lots of different ways. And that's why I said as a sociologist, I want to be involved in that agency because we're changing people's lives by teaching them how to read, uh, teaching them how to 
do math better, and also teaching them English. Um, and now we're doing more work with helping them get jobs or steering them toward careers. And Sarah is just recently took a 24-hour um, uh, training with the State Department of Ed. She's now our workforce navigator. She's been skilled to find resources for students that want to get jobs or you know, go into onto college, and she works at our staff, giving them uh, resources. And when they they come upon um, students that want to find a particular job, Sarah, tell Babs about that individual who was looking for. I think he was looking for a, a truck license or something. Yeah, I've got a young man that I've been working with recently, and um, something that I learned from from this training was, you know, just just ways to help someone maybe figure out. What, what it is they want to do. Um, and he wasn't entirely sure what he wants to do, but he, he knew that he liked driving. Um, and so we took some assessments together where we, you know, determined, we took an, um, an interest assessment and a skill assessment. And then based on the results of both, like if anything matched up, you know, we wrote out a list and considered like what might be a good fit for him. And ultimately we decided on um, CDL so he's working right now with a tutor to get his CDL license. And so, and that's kind of what I meant earlier when I said like we kind of help with a variety of things because that's kind of very niche, um, just um, reading the manual together during a tutoring session, but that's, that's what's going to help him most right now. And I think overall, my message to this young man is, is just like, this is a good opportunity, a good certification. It can help you get some money now. You don't have to do it for the rest of your life, but I think it'll benefit him now. And and that's that's my main goal is to help someone with their present life, and then we'll figure it out in the future. You know what I else? I like that. Yeah. So tell me about here here our voices, because that's a a, a mm. booklet that y'all put out, publish. Yeah, yeah. Tell been, me about that. We've been publishing it for um, oh I think about 10, 12 years. Um, we get some sponsors to help us put it together. Um, we asked the students in January to start thinking about writing an essay about their life, about what they've gotten out of the program. And between January and April, lot, many, many students, 30 to 50 students write essays about their lives, about all kinds of things. We take those essays and publish them in our Hear Our Voices publication. And, and that is that, that publication is distributed to all of our funders. Uh, anyone who wants to, and it, these stories are amazing. They're inspiring. Um, they tell wonderful stories about their lives coming from another country, what that meant to come to the United States and and how we help them get their citizenship, become citizens of the United States. Um, and then we, what's what's more, what's what comes out of the whole thing is at the end of the year we do a celebration, um, and each program manager sets up one. Sarah's worked with the New Haven celebration. Why don't you tell Babs what goes on at that celebration that's related to the Hear Our Voices? Yeah, it's it's really beautiful. So once we have that booklet finished um whoever is comfortable um reading their piece to an audience oh that, yeah that uh -huh. night we have some food and drinks and 
And then, you know, the folks that are comfortable bring their families or their friends and, and they maybe read publicly for the first time in their life comfortably. Um, sometimes their tutor is up there supporting them. Sometimes they're doing it on their own. Some folks um, are just speaking English publicly for the first time to an audience and it can be very emotional and, and very meaningful and everyone's supporting you, cheering you on. And it's a really beautiful thing. It's one of my favorite things about the organization. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I, when I first started that particular event, I was blown, you know, here's a student been coming to us, started in, in September, did not know how to read. Now he or she is up on a stage reading to an audience of 50 to 80 people, their family, a story that they read, that they wrote for Hear Our Voices. It's absolutely inspiring, um, meaningful. Um, and what it does for them, standing up there, being able to feel good about being able to stand up there and read something that they could not do a year ago. Um, but that we our la the one we had for New Haven was at Gateway Community College uh, at the end of this past June. We had about 50, 60 people. Um, college works. We have a, at Gateway, we have an office and a classroom to teach English. We Gateway has been a wonderful, wonderful partner for many, many years. And um, but yeah, that event we provide food. Um, and 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 then everybody gets a copy of the Hear Our Voices. Uh, yeah, it's it's very inspiring, but that's called our end of the year celebration with Hear Our Voices. I love it. I love that. So so Lou and Sarah, you know, this is a very future thinking question I, I, I want us to get into before I before you guys have to leave. Um, but do, does it concern you? Um, the, the, the literacy gap seems to be growing or am I wrong in thinking that way? Because um, I'm I'm noticing the the AI landscape and and what mm -hmm. that's doing and and where we are educationally in this country. Um, does it does it feel like the literacy gap is growing or are we closing it? Are we making gains? Are we falling behind? Where are we? I think that's a real good question. And and you know we work with the state Department of Ed, who. That's one of their goals is to make an impact on adult ed programs, on literacy volunteer programs, you know, giving us funding so more people can, um, you know, get the assistance that they need. Um, I, from the statistics I see and hear, it doesn't sound like the gap is getting smaller. Um, and I think for a lot of reasons, I think more people are today um their priority is not right away to go get a literacy tutoring because there's so many things going on in their life during covid our numbers dropped in half because all the, we had you know we've had students as many as a thousand students region-wide and when covid hit our students said they're not coming back for a number of reasons, health reasons, but other reasons is they needed to go find a job or they lost their job or they needed food on their table. Um, you know, unfortunately, yeah, our our service wasn't a priority for them at that point. Um, one of the things we did do is we didn't, and what we're doing right now is we're doing outreach 
in the we have actually individuals that are going out in the community talking to people about our services at libraries at supermarkets uh at churches um we i don't know we sent out a, a information to about I think 200 churches in 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 synagogues and and mosques in New Haven to ask them to tell their parishioners about our program. Um, yeah, I, our numbers are not, you know, our numbers went down because of COVID. But prior to that, the numbers were growing, and they're mm -hmm. they're continuing to grow right now. Um, I and unfortunately, I think it's because of a lot of other things going on in the world that are impacting people to the point where they're putting literacy not as a priority for them, but that's what we're, our, our outreach is going out. We're, we're speaking to people, you know, once they, you talk to them, engage them and tell them what it's all about, they start to realize how they can benefit and how much that our help is gonna impact their lives in many, many ways. Um, but yeah, I don't think, you know, I think, you know, when we're closing that gap as much as we probably should be doing, you know, and I may be wrong. I, and I, I'd like, that's a good question. I'd like to throw out to the state people that I work with. Um, is that gap, you know, you know, getting smaller? I would say from my experience, I'm working in the public school system. I saw kids really struggling and I wonder if that has an impact on, on that gap you know only growing larger um a lot of uh kids needed one-on-one -on -one <clears throat> attention and weren't receiving it so i suppose i'm just really grateful to be a part of an organization that is providing one-on-one -on -one, uh support to people who need it. that makes you would say that makes the difference the one-on-one -on -one engagement absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. the difference yeah yeah yeah, yeah we are our uh, um, success rate has always been any in the 60, 65% of our uh, students each year significantly Im improve their educational functioning to one grade level or more. Wow. We've had, we've, we've had better uh, um, success than nation, than, than some of the nation national statistics. Um, even I think some new adult ed programs, those are classrooms. We're working on a one-to-one -one or one-to-two basis. Yeah. And we we provide tutors many times to the adult ed to work in their classrooms with smaller groups. Um, so our, our approach, we've certainly found out that our approach, training tutor, you know, people to become tutors, and then using those tutors to work with students on a small group or one-to-one -one basis, it has had more, much, a lot of success. We know that's working, um, and that's how we're going to continue um, to work with our students. But and you know, I th what what also struck me when I first came here is that we're getting students who graduated from high school. Why is that? Why are students graduating not still not knowing reading at third grade level? Why? Because I I you know, not to say anything about the educational system, but there's lots of students for a lot of reasons are being pushed along, maybe behaviorally. They're, you know, 72% of children who live in a household with, with a parents that have poor reading skills end up being dropouts, 
have beha behavior problems in school or poor literacy problems as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, once again, it surprises me that we get this. And Sarah, you've seen that with some of the students that they've, they've graduated from high school. Why don't they, why isn't their reading level up to a high school level? That, but we do see those students and, you know, we, we work with them and, you know, help them increase their reading skills. And, and then they go on to gate, you know, to a community college from there. That's good. I like it. So tell me what's the, before I let you go, because we have like two minutes, what is, what is the best part of your day? Why, why do you like this job? For me, um, just connecting with people and getting to know people and also um, making people feel comfortable. I'm, I'm really proud that I'm able to do that. Um, like you said, a lot of people do come in with shame. And by the end of, you know, an intake or just getting to know them, a lot of them leave feeling a lot better, which I'm, I'm very proud of that. That usually makes my day. I like yeah, and I, I think for me, you know, as being an administrator of a, of an organization like this, it's um, it's it's the impact we are making and seeing, and, and it may be, you know, maybe that one person who, you know, as I talked about, that one individual who went on and got a, you know, a, a scholarship at Penn State, hearing about those rewards or those situations, those that's rewarding and. You know, I've worked in a lot of human multi-service human service agencies where you don't always see the rewards of your work. And I and here we do. We see that, um, you know, and someone like Sarah, Sarah, Sarah's right. I, I think my pro, we, I only have a staff of seven, seven, wow. seven people, but we have almost 200 volunteers. It's those volunteers that are really doing the job of literacy volunteers without them we wouldn't have a program and but my staff are committed you know we're a nonprofit. we're not paying them thousands and thousands of dollars and, <laughs> and and as you may know with nonprofit budgets but they're compassionate about literacy people um and in a very short time sarah i've seen sarah connecting with the new haven job corps and start a read a math program there you know, and 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 really, look, we, we, I think we look more at just you know giving an educational experience for students. Um, Sarah's working on an individual who came because he couldn't read. However, she's helping him get uh, an assessment about his whole um, sort of uh, uh, intellectual assessment of, of where where he's got gaps. And we're, what what other help can can he use besides being having someone tutor tutor him? Um, yeah, as a social worker, and that's what I say to the staff. Remember, yes, our goal is to help individuals increase their educational skills, but also we need to take in consideration who these people are, what they're coming with. If they if they have other issues, let's help them. Let's be a resource to them, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we're we're often referring students to other resources in the community, particularly basic needs assistance resources, health resources, things of that nature. Because if those areas are now taken care of, they're not gonna be able to be successful in our program. 
Mm-hmm. And we know that we got to start, you know, what the t- what are those top issues that are impacting individuals that come for literacy services? Um, and so I, I I think the compassion of my staff, tutors, tutors get to know these people. They're in their home. They go to their home. They take them out for dinner. It's unbelievable. One tutor had a graduation for her, her student because she she graduated from Gateway Community College. Um and so it you know it's certainly it's the people that are part of our organization i think makes me feel very very proud to be in this this uh vital program thank you so much i so appreciated having you all on i learned some things about literacy volunteers and i and i'm a huge fan like i i think reading is uh, I think you have up on your website, lit- literacy is a my matter of survival. Mm. Uh, I I wholeheartedly believe that. But I also believe that literacy is, is the gateway to the rest of the world. So, mm-hmm. so thank you, Lou and That's Sarah, great. for coming on. If anybody is listening this morning, and you are, thank you. Uh, if you want to know more about literacy volunteers, even if you want to make a donation to them or you want to be a volunteer, uh, go to lvagnh.org and, uh, and you know, scroll through and sign up and they'll get you trained up and you'll get to talk to Sarah and see Lou and, and they'll have you, uh, they'll have you doing uh, amazing things with students. Thank you all for coming on this morning. I, I appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to, uh, WNHH and Babs for giving us this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Thank I want you. you to come back when you get ready for Scrabble because I I want to I want to make sure I, I we highlight that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I might have to that. dust off my 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 Scrabble shoes and <laughs> get your Scrabble tiles out there and bring them <laughs> along with you. Yeah, so we'll we'll make you aware of it and have you. Uh, you know, maybe we'll even ask you if you'd be our keynote speaker that night. <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. I, I'm going to dust off my Scrabble. Let's yep. get it in. So, yeah. yeah. So, thank you so much, y'all. Thank and, you. Uh, happy reading. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the nice warm weather. You too. You too. Summer is still here. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Harry Droz, uh, for uh, producing this morning. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you, Paul Bass. I know you're back. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with the uh, Sisters of AKA to talk about um, their Fet Noir that's coming up. So I'll see y'all. Y'all get out here and have a good day. Bye-bye.